Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from AdForce. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen on sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com. Hello, everyone. This is Scott Reichel, and this is the Bang Bay Area Podcast and Believe Podcast. Now we're the Bay Area's number one sports podcast. Now we're the only place to show up for a team in the Bay Area and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're also available in perfect directory, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast on Twitter. And you can find me personally at Reichel Radio on Twitter. After spending the last two weeks talking about the MLB with regard to the San Francisco Giants and the Oakland Athletics in preparation for the MLB season, now that the MLB seems to actually be underway as there has been a plan in place and the players seem to be reporting in late July for a season, we're going to switch gears once again and we're going to be talking about some NHL. And even though a lot of the Stanley Cup playoffs is undetermined because the playoffs are going to be in a month or so, that doesn't change the fact that some teams have already been eliminated from the playoffs, which takes us into a smooth transition with regard to teams in the Bay Area, as both the Anaheim Ducks and the San Jose Sharks have been eliminated from playoff contention. And some of you might be wondering, well, why would you choose to recap their seasons now if there's really nothing to look forward to? And the answer to that is that there actually is something to look forward to for the Anaheim Ducks and the San Jose Sharks. Well, mostly for the Ducks, we'll get into that in a minute. And that is the fact that the NHL Draft Lottery is actually going to be tomorrow. And for that reason, I feel like it is a good opportunity to recap the respective disappointing seasons for the Anaheim Ducks and the San Jose Sharks. So without further ado, we're going to dive right in and talk about the Anaheim Ducks first. But before we get into that, we're actually just going to recap uh, and break down the actual draft lottery procedure for some of you who aren't aware of how that works. Uh, Simply put, it's very similar to the NBA draft lottery, where you have the worst teams that did not make the playoffs, all having a shot at the number one overall pick, and you're going to be relying on ping pong balls and a random lottery system to determine the draft order. And, of course, the team with the worst record who isn't guaranteed to get the first overall pick but has the greatest odds to get the number one overall pick uh, usually ends up getting screwed over one way or another. But either or, uh, the worst team in the league with the greatest chance of getting the number one overall pick is the Detroit Red Wings, who had one of the worst seasons in pretty much modern NHL history. They They were absolutely terrible. And through 71 games, they had 39 points. And a win percentage of .275. As a result, they have an 18.5 chance to get the number one overall pick. Second is going to be the Ottawa Senators, who ended up acquiring 62 points, which is the second fewest in the entire league, and they have a 13.5% chance of winning. The third greatest odds to win the draft lottery are going to be the San Jose Sharks, uh, as they ended up acquiring 63 points. And some of you might be thinking, well, the Sharks should be able to get a great player to help uh, potentially rebuild. Unfortunately for you, you actually do not even have access to this pick, as this pick was shipped off in the Eric Carlson trade 
which means that Ottawa has possession of the second greatest chance to win the lottery, as well as the third best chance. So it could be a very big draft night for Ottawa and San Jose. Uh, yeah, going to be pretty upsetting. I think San Jose fans are going to be hoping that they end up not getting the first overall pick because they wouldn't have access to it anyway. Other than that, though, you have the Los Angeles Kings with the fourth uh, best odds to win the draft lottery at 9.5% as they ended up acquiring 64 points. And you also have the Anaheim Ducks who have the fifth best odds and they are at 8.5% with 67 points. You have a couple other teams to throw in there, for example, the New Jersey Devils, etc. But for the sake of the draft lottery, I am not going to focus too heavily on the extreme long shots to actually win the draft lottery. I'm going to focus on the favorites. Plus, you have a couple of teams who have yet to be determined because the NHL is doing that extended playoff qualifying round thing or whatever you want to call it. So the teams that end up losing in that round are also going to be in the draft lottery, which is kind of fascinating because you're basically going to be having Team A, Team B, Team C as the late, uh, you know, the late position in the draft lottery, and you don't even know who those teams are going to be. So you're going to have to see how the playoffs or the first round turns out before you actually determine who is going to be having picks, uh, I'd say, leading up to, you know what I'm talking about, just from the sake of the teams that are uh, on the cusp of making the playoffs, they're not awful teams, but the mediocre teams who didn't, weren't good enough to make the playoffs. Uh, you don't, you're not going to know who those teams are because it really depends on if there are any upsets in the first preliminary round, etc. So other than that, though, those are the draft odds for the five favorites with regard to the draft lottery. We're going to go into the odds on that in a bit. Of course, it's going to be uh, in a uh, perfect relationship with regard to the actual odds, so there is a correlation there, uh, naturally. But uh, before we actually talk about my pick for who's going to win the draft lottery, uh, which is solely based on luck, it's just a matter of uh, how I feel like the draft lottery is going to go, uh, we're going to start by diving into the Anaheim Ducks and just recapping what exactly went wrong for this team over the course of the shortened season. And without further ado, we're going to dive right in and talk about the team's offense which was very, very underwhelming, which was a huge reason why this team struggled. The team only averaged 2.6 goals per game, which was tied for the third fewest in the entire league. Uh, in addition to having a very bad offense, they had an awful defense. They allowed the sixth most goals per game. So if you're not scoring many goals and you're allowing a lot of goals, you're not really going to win many games. And that is the reason why the Ducks ended up having a very bad year. Uh, Adam Henrique ended up leading the team with 43 points. Uh, needless to say, if your leading scorer has 43 points, odds are your team's going to be pretty bad, and that's exactly what happened with Anaheim here. However, a bright spot for Anaheim was definitely the goalkeeping, as both John Gibson and Ryan Miller did play extremely well, as they had save percentages over 90%, and they also had a goals against average of 3.1 or lower. So the goalies were actually pretty good. It was most of the offense and the underwhelming play uh, defensively, which kind of left Gibson and Miller out to dry. Gibson ended up going 20, 26, and 5. Miller ended up going 9, 6, and 4. But Gibson uh, still, once again, had a save percentage above 90%. So he was not bad by any means. It's very tough for you to actually keep pucks out of the net when you're constantly either going to the penalty box or allowing odd man rushes. And that was definitely the Achilles heel of the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, however, the Ducks did try to switch things up in the middle of the season as they ended up firing longtime coach Randy Carlisle uh, with the hopes of potentially jump-starting and providing a spark to the team. Of course, it simply did not work, 
but the Ducks pulled the plug on their uh, their coach and tried to at least create some type of, um, I don't know, a rallying cry or whatever you want to call it. But whatever they did, it completely didn't work. And overall, just recapping the Anaheim Ducks season, definitely was underwhelming. However, you can't really roast them too badly when you looked at the overall roster entering the season. The Ducks weren't expected to make the playoffs. Nobody really thought they'd be that good. And I feel like it's definitely not a surprise that the Ducks ended up missing the playoffs and finishing in the draft lottery. So that definitely is not exactly earth-shattering news uh, to report. Uh, however, you have to question the progression, or the decline, I should say, of some of the veterans on this team, and if it's time to pull the plug entirely on some very, very familiar faces, particularly Ryan Getzlav, who has been a phenomenal franchise cornerstone for a long period of time, and he will be a future Hall of Famer. However, he's also 35, he had 42 points, 13 goals, 29 assists, which sounds okay, I guess, for a struggling offensive team. However, Getzlav also was a minus 16 in the plus-minus category, which was absolutely terrible. It was the worst in the entire team. And you simply have to wonder, he has lost a significant amount of steps uh, that he once had when he was younger, and he's pretty much a complete defensive liability at this point in his career. And you have to wonder if the Ducks will try to ship him or potentially just move on in the future. Other than that, though, Adam Henrique, Adam Henrique had a pretty solid year. I said he led the team in points. He's 30. Uh, he still has some talent, but you have to wonder if the Ducks will go into a complete rebuild moving forward and how exactly that is going to work. Other than that, though, they do have Ricard Raquel, who is a very solid player. Uh, he was second in the team in points with 42. He's only 27. Uh, he is definitely going to be a solid player in this league for years to come. Same thing with Jakob Silverberg, who has also been very solid, and he is only 29. So the Ducks have some pretty good young pieces and you simply just have to wonder if they were going to blow up some of the veteran core as they already started the transition to a much younger roster in years past. For example, letting Corey Perry walk, etc. And Bobby Ryan a couple years back, etc. Uh, but the thing that you kind of have to wonder with the Ducks is where exactly do they go from here? This year going in, people thought they weren't going to be that great. They're going to hover around 500, something like that. Of course, they were a lot worse than that. But you have to wonder if this team will try to go for an accelerated rebuild try to maybe acquire people during the offseason and rebuild uh, relatively quickly by uh, trying to attract teams uh, or high-profile players to come to California, or if they're just going to try to rebuild with the young core, try to add some good draft uh, pieces and work on the farm system and try to build up a serious contender in a couple of years. I would probably lean towards the latter as Getzlav's going to continue getting older. They're probably going to ship off some veteran guys like Michael Delzato, etc., and I expect them to definitely look more towards a younger-looking roster in the future, as they should struggle for the next couple of years in pursuit of quickly turning this team around in the, hopefully, uh, in the 2020s, but that remains to be seen. But overall, the Ducks have an 8.5% chance of getting the number one overall pick, uh, which definitely would, of course, help out the team as the number one a projected pick for this draft is a pretty talented player. Uh, if you are going to be uh, looking at the actual prospect pool, the favorite for the number one overall pick is going to be uh, Canadian Alexis uh, Lafreniere. I'm hoping I didn't completely just butcher his name there. Lafreniere, which sounded pretty good when I said it the first time. Uh, yeah, he's 18 years old. He was the captain of one of his teams in the KMJHL 
and he posted a 100-plus point season for the last two years, and he had 112 points in this year's 52-game campaign. So, I mean, he's 18 years old. He's, he's supposed to be a phenom, and he definitely could turn around Anaheim a lot quicker if Anaheim does acquire his rights. But, of course, 8.5% uh, means that there's a 91.5% chance that that will not happen. So, you know, fingers crossed for Ducks fans, but it definitely is not going to look too likely on Friday. And other than that, though, we're going to switch gears and talk about the other disappointing team in California. And we're going to be talking about not the Los Angeles Kings, but we're going to be talking about the San Jose Sharks. I would talk about the Kings, but they aren't exactly in the Bay Area. So for that reason, we are going to spare them some mercy and talk about the San Jose Sharks instead. Now, the Sharks, unlike Anaheim, really have nothing to look forward to on the NHL Draft Lottery uh, on Friday night, which is tomorrow. Main reason why the Sharks do not have access to that pick, and we already talked about that before, as this pick was part of the Eric Carlson trade with the Ottawa Senators, which is why the Senators now have the second best and the third best chances of winning the draft lottery and acquiring that Canadian phenom that I just mentioned a moment ago. Um, however, the Sharks, in comparison to the Ducks, to make things worse, in addition to not even having the pick, they definitely underachieved a lot more than Anaheim. Realistic hockey fans knew that Anaheim was not going to be that great this year. Uh, they haven't really made the playoffs recently. They've kind of been struggling. They've been kind of stuck in the mud. And now they were looking towards um, spending more attention on some of the younger guys and trying to build up a relatively young core, which could uh, you know, bear some fruit a couple years from now. The Sharks, on the other hand, were in complete win-now mode. They made the playoffs the last couple of years. They were, after, being in the Stanley, after losing to the Penguins in the Stanley Cup a couple of years ago, uh, they ended up still being extremely competitive. They spent a lot of money, uh, as they always do. Uh, they ended up having that 3-1 comeback against Vegas, which led to that ridiculous uh, five-minute major power play comeback, which culminated in an overtime victory in Game 7 uh, before they ended up losing in the following round to the uh, eventual Stanley Cup champion, St. Louis Blues. So after that, the Sharks were expected to once again be a serious contender in the Western Conference, especially with Eric Carlson, who had some injury issues in his first year with the Sharks, and they expected him to be great this past year. However, that definitely did not happen as Carlson still did not look 100%, had some, some injury issues, and he just looked flat at times, and there's a reason why his statistics have dropped off a cliff ever since he joined the Sharks organization, as he only had six goals and 34 points, I mean 34 assists, which equals 40 points, and he was a negative 15, which is very underwhelming for somebody who was considered a generational defensive talent roughly two or three years ago. Plus, he only played in 56 games as he had some injury issues and they ended up shutting down his season relatively early as the Sharks were out of playoff contention even before Corona shortened the season. Um, Sharks were one of the favorites, actually, to win the Stanley Cup uh, out of the Western Conference as people really thought this offense with Burns and Carlson in the defensive core in addition to Couture, Hurdle, even Timo Meyer, um, Joe Thornton still around. They had a lot of pieces there, even Vlasic on the defensive end. Uh, definitely helps out. So overall, top to bottom, on paper, pretty solid team. Goaltending, goal not really, as uh, Martin Jones was pretty underwhelming as he had a save percentage below uh, 90%, and his goals against average was rough, was exactly 3.00, and he was 17-21-2. Not great, not bad, but definitely very uh, pretty streaky, and he did not look that sharp for the majority of the season. But... Uh, Timo Meyer led the team in points with 49, 
Uh, similarly to what I said about Anaheim, even though Anaheim was worse in the sense that their leading scorer had 43 points and Meyer had 49, uh, you can't really win many games if your leading point scorer has four, less than 50 points, and that's going to be a serious issue. Uh, the Sharks, uh, exactly the same as the Anaheim Ducks, were tied for the three fewest goals in the entire league. So they couldn't score, and they also allowed the seventh most goals per game in the entire league, so similarly to the Ducks, they couldn't score, put the puck in the net, and they couldn't stop allowing pucks in the net. And that simply was the result of the Sharks being awful. Now, some of you might be wondering, if both those teams had similar statistics, how exactly did Anaheim finish so far ahead of San Jose in the standings? And the reason is very simple. Anaheim did lose a lot of games, but they also lost games in overtime, as the Sharks ended up losing five games in overtime, and the Ducks lost nine games in overtime, which is why the Ducks were four points ahead of the Sharks by the end of the season. So even though the Ducks did allow a lot of goals, etc., at least they got to overtime uh, before losing, which is something the Sharks were not able to do. Now, looking at the, uh, the other stuff regarding the Sharks, they had a lot of injuries to deal with as well. I already mentioned Eric Carlson who ended up getting injured, and they shut down the season prematurely. Same thing happened with Logan Couture and Tomas Hurdle. As Couture ended up suffering a serious injury, and so did Tomas Hurdle, and they both had their season shut down prematurely. And after that happened, the wheels basically fell off because those are two of the best offensive players the Sharks have. Uh, exactly the same as the Ducks, once again, uh, they also tried to switch it up midseason as they ended up firing their coach, Peter DeBoer, uh, midseason, trying to provide a bit of a spark, and it did absolutely nothing, as the Sharks, once again, were just bad. Simply put, teams try to switch coaches midseason as a way of pretty much just trying to throw somebody under the bus as the scapegoat, and DeBoer seemed to be the scapegoat as this team was just flat from top to bottom all season long, and they simply just couldn't get anything done on either side of the puck. So uh, for that reason, the Sharks end up having the third best odds to win the draft despite not having actual rights to the pick itself. And the Ducks have the fifth best odds to get the number one overall pick at 8.5%. But for my pick with regard to the draft lottery, sorry for uh, the Bay Area fans here. I do not think either team is going to get the number one overall pick. The Sharks don't even have the damn pick. It goes to Ottawa. So Ottawa, if Ottawa has a serious shot of winning it because they have the second and third best chances, I don't think Anaheim's going to get it at 8.5%. That seems a little bit low to me. However, something you have noticed is that the number one overall team uh, in terms of a highest percentage to get the number, number one overall pick has not really had much success in the NHL draft lottery in years past. And Detroit definitely... Um, I kind of got to say they deserve it because they are actually the worst team in the entire league by a wide margin. If you go through the second worst record and the fifth worst record, Anaheim and Ottawa are only separated by five points. Ottawa at 62, Anaheim at, at 65, I mean 67. So they're five points apart. The differential between Ottawa, who is the second worst record, and Detroit, who is the worst record, is 23 points. Detroit had 39 points all season long. One of the worst seasons I've ever seen. They just they kind of deserve as much help as possible because they weren't even trying to tank. They're just awful. There's really no other way to describe it. And for that reason, hockey and it, uh, the NHL draft lottery seems to be pretty cruel. And I think that Detroit's going to get screwed over tomorrow night. And I think that for that reason, my pick to win the NHL draft lottery is going to be the Ottawa Senators. And that actually does not even include the San Jose Sharks pick, as the Sharks are still listed in the draft lottery. 
So they actually could win the draft lottery if you want to bet on San Jose for, I don't know, just to torture yourself a little bit because they're not actually going to get the pick. Uh, Ottawa to win the draft lottery is plus 350. Uh, Detroit is plus 250. San Jose is plus 400. And Anaheim is plus 550. Uh, simply put, I'm going to go with Ottawa here. Uh, Ottawa, even though that trade looked terrible at the time, that Carlson trade looks like a complete fleecing as San Jose has plummeted into the abyss, which gave Ottawa another lottery pick. And in return, Ottawa got rid of a guy who was getting a massive contract extension from San Jose, despite the injuries. And I'm sure San Jose is kind of regretting that contract extension right now. But either or Ottawa appears to have won the trade at that point in time. And I think the hockey gods will reward them for their actions. And for that reason, I'm going to go with the Ottawa Senators. Of course, there's no actual skill to predicting the lottery because it's all based on luck. But the Ottawa Senators at plus 350 does seem pretty attractive to me. And I think that the Red Wings will get screwed over. So for that reason, I will be taking the Ottawa Senators to win the draft lottery, which is available at plus 350. Other than that, though, that's going to be the installment of the Betting Barrier podcast here on Thursday, June 25th. I want to thank all of you for tuning in and listening to me rant about the NHL draft lottery, which I know is a thrilling topic of conversation uh, for most people. Uh, complete sarcasm there. But sorry to, re- to open up some old wounds if you are a Ducks or Sharks fan, but uh, we had to recap the season at some point. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to the show on iTunes. We're also available in the directory, Spotify, Google Play, Citro, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast on Twitter. You can find me personally at Rice Show Radio on Twitter. Other than that, though, uh, that's going to be the installment of the Ben and Barry Podcast. Good luck to all of you and your respective bets today. Bye, everyone. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.